127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry 127 at FBC Bryan. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. We hope that this resource is growing in relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What it do, people? Welcome back to the podcast. It's 127 on the mic. If you are new here, we are on the good old Spotify's and the Apple Podcasts and the Podbeans all over the place. Hey, guys. Hey, friends. Hey, you, you lovely podcast. Yeah, he's a lovely podcast, people. <laughs> he, he didn't call us lovely this I know, week. I know. I noticed that I Heard did that every single a week. Bit, but yeah, what up, lovely mind. people? How are we feeling today? Dangerous baby. Dangerous baby. You got a dangerous baby over I there? I feel like a dangerous baby. <laughs> I don't know what a dangerous baby is, but here I am. I don't know what a dangerous baby is. There's no transition out of that. <laughs> <laughs> no transitions. <laughs> hey, John, well, how are you feeling? Oh, that's a good question. You didn't say. I answered. I'm slightly above average. Slightly above average. Yeah. What's well, that's just a Thursday. You know, it's just a Thursday. Got a haircut. Had a lunch with a college student. A college student. It was. It was a college yeah. student. It was a single person. It was, an, in, it was an individual. Individual. <laughs> it's a guy. So like, we're trying to guy. narrow it down. He knows who he is. We're not gonna talk about him. We're not. No. He doesn't want the recognition. Yeah. And so now I'm here in this room recording a podcast with uh, all my friends. All your friends. Your this, is friends? All, this is all your friends, John. You need to you, you need, need to socialize a, a little more. Y'all need to know ministry's lonely, guys. It's, it's <laughs> you lonely. Got, you got the Trinity, all, three, bro. all three of us. We're like, yeah. Huh? Did you just call us a Trinity? No, I said you got the Trinity. How's that? How can that be lonely? Oh, oh like I have them, sure, but yeah, and they are biblically my friends, also sure, exactly. yeah. but and I think that they're here with us, sure, all but day. But y'all are here too. I'll argue. They're they're probably a little cooler than us. Yeah, you're right. You don't have to argue that. We know that. What was That's like, true. how do I word this? What is the craziest thing or like interaction y'all had this week? Y'all weren't expecting this, but I'm interested to see if y'all had some crazy interactions with anyone. I'm, th- I'm thinking. I know a frock it got ripped last night. Oh, my word. Dude, <coughs> freshman equipped last night, It for uh, about 30 minutes, it was a mad energy yeah. in that room. And I'm going to blame the podcast host on that. What the? It, dude, it, it was on you. Yeah, you how? can't deny that. You, you got the really first excited. 30 minutes? I thought that was like the last hour. When we started playing Dork Ball, I said for about, not the first 30 minutes, but for about 30 minutes, it oh, was I mad meant, energy. I meant the first 30 minutes. At, after we were finished with what we would call freshman equipment, we started playing this game called Dork Ball. Dork. You brought an energy into the room that was contagious, and bless you for Like, I'm glad yeah. that it happened. Yeah. But that that was, I'm trying to think through my week. That was, that was the weirdest interaction that I had with, it, I don't know, with those guys in the room and that mad energy that you brought jumping around. It was true. Mine was either that last night, because there was, like you said, mad energy, where it's a guy at the disc golf course yesterday talking about, he asked me and John went and played disc golf yesterday after we picked up the fall retreat trophy. So was it Orange, what is what is their team called? Orange Opera Singing Octopi? Yeah. Your, your trophy's in. Oh. FYI. But fall retreat we, we picked the trophy and went and played disc golf, and the, the guy started asking us about a course because he figured out we were in College Station some course in like Navasota, it was like some camp. Started talking about it. He was like, man, you know, I was thinking about going there during the OSU weekend and, and playing. He goes, but then I figured out like it was a, in a Christian establishment. And, you know, I just don't. And he, he dropped a, he dropped some few selective words in there. Um, oh, wow. And he sprinkled them throughout there. And he was like, you know, I just don't think a Christian establishment would, uh, 
want us doing what we like to do. You know what I mean? I and wish I could see his face right now. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's got like his, I'm trying to, I'm trying lip, to like, like close to his teeth. Talk about this guy. I got And he's like, you know, Christian establishment, they just don't want us doing what we would want to do. You know, you know what I mean? And John goes, yeah. So the church we work at, we're actually <laughs> about to, and he goes, Oh, uh, golly. <laughs> so okay. you could tell he, he did not realize that. And then John said it and he goes, Oh, well, uh, about that. <laughs> we were, we good were interaction. We were driving back and we took, the church has a Honda Civic, this little little white car. Gets great gas mileage. Not as good as a Ford Fusion. It was Fusion. like, that thing said we were getting 70 miles to yeah, the I gallon think, at I one point. I think it trumps the Ford Fusion. Not a shot. The Ford uh, Fusion's elite. The, the skip plate's still on the um, What's your gas Civic? mileage? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, you don't know. So I don't it gets know nothing about mileage. cars. <laughs> less, so we, <laughs> less now. <laughs> so we drove it. We drove it down there. And we were on our way back and coming on a four market road leading to Highway 6, there was a sheriff behind us that would, had been behind us for like 10 minutes. And all of a sudden he turned his lights on. And Uh-oh. so I, I looked and I was like, I don't think I'm speeding. I didn't hear about this. It could have like the, the speed limit might've changed because we were coming into Navasota. And so that could have happened. We pull over and, and I was like, we're getting pulled over. And he's like, were you speeding? Like, I don't, I don't think so. I didn't think he was. That's why I was so confused. That's not, Gosh. that's not my normal MO to go fast. I drive sort of like a grandpa, but the grandpa, John, the sheriff, there's a sheriff walks up or a deputy. I don't know. Walks up beside us. And, and he said, uh, so the reason I pulled you over, we ran your license plate and your inspection stickers out. And he leaned forward and looked at the front windshield and goes, yep. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it, expired, it expired in February. That's not like, that bad. That's, that's eight that's, months. That's, that's nine months. It's nine November. Months. No, y'all, have y'all been around college students? I'm, like in their cars with their, with listen, their but that's like, that's registration stickers? That's nine months though. There's... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to expose someone, but someone that may live with me. I was just saying, I, I feel like you're talking about Mullins. No, not Mullins. Okay, because he still has a spare tire on there. Their registration sticker, I think, is from 2020. That's impressive. So anyway, this is the church vehicle, side note. Yeah. So he he comes up and he was like, yeah, it's expired. And I went, whoa, they set me up. And he goes, who set you <laughs> up? Hey. Like, this is a church's car. Our business administrator, this is his fault. And he kind of giggled and he said, well, if I get your license and can I get yours too? He's pointing at T. He said, I'll go back and make sure that there's nothing wrong with it. And we'll get you a warning, get you on your way. Great. Well, there was another deputy on T's <laughs> side of the window and T didn't know it. Oh, god! <laughs> and that guy turned to walk away and T like kind of noticed he was always like, whoa, <laughs> where did that guy come from? God, <laughs> He walked up on me and I had no idea. There were two in that car. There were just two different no there were two in there oh, wow. yeah, it yeah. was like a mix of me when i saw him of like ready to throw down but also like pooping my pants and it was just uh ready to throw down and poop my pants so we both at the same time we took a selfie t and i with the <laughs> no shot with the sheriff in the background <laughs> i gotta see this and I, I sent it to d webb and i said hey bro this is your fault and he goes what what what's said, my fault <laughs> said zoom in on that that cop on the back he goes oh and he didn't really reply. I was like, inspection sticker expired in February. He goes, oh, oh. that is my fault. <laughs> that is my fault. He's kind of managed a lot, though. Yeah, that, that dude's plate is he, so like, full. It's just funny to me. I have, like, D-Web is so spot on a lot of things. That's, like, the last thing I think he'd forget. Yeah. yeah. But he said it was been in, it's been in the shop for, like, three months, and they just didn't even think uh, about it. I talked to him today. I bet that he got sense. a registration sticker on that scooter. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Man. Scooters. Almost went to jail. Cops. Cars. Four fusions, energies, all the vehicles, all of this relates exactly to what we're talking about today. Sure. Go for it. Um, so for those who didn't listen to last week's, <laughs> there's no transition. T was looking at me like, how is he going to do this? I was like, this I'm gonna not. It's going to be awesome. Um, last week we talked about like, what is salvation? And if you missed that, you're going to want to go and listen to that because this week's 
kind of a part two in a sense. Um, we're kind of going on the opposite end of the spectrum in regards to salvation. We're going to do a little five minute spiel of what we talked about last week, but make sure you go back and listen to that. So if one of y'all just kind of want to recap what we talked about last week, that'd be remarkable and super sweet. Yeah. They're looking at each other. It's all tea. I'm trying to a summary, five minute summary. We, we talked about what is being saved mean. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to remember last week. Talked about what is being saved mean. In that, we answered what am I being saved from and what am I being saved for slash two. And so if I if I were to jump into all those right now, we'd be here for another 10, 15 minutes. And so yeah. um, if you don't, and then we answered, I think as well as who does a saving and then maybe how do we receive salvation? I can't remember if we got to that or not. But yeah. like I said, I'd love to jump into all of those, but we'd be here for another 10, 15 minutes. And this podcast will probably already be a little lengthy. So if those are if those are questions you need answered or want answered, go listen to last week. And even if they aren't and you're just like you know those you think you know those questions and you're jumping on this week, I would highly, highly, highly encourage you to go listen to last week's before this week because this week we're gonna jump into some pretty deep and kind of heavy things that are um, on a lot of people's minds. And so I would highly encourage you to go listen to last week, please. It'll it'll make this week a lot smoother and easier for you. Yeah. Um I think I'm trying to remember if we really talked about this last week, but um, we talked a lot about a lot of salvation is God's doing. Um, mm-hmm. And so out of that, um, how does one know that they are saved? Hey, welcome. I'm going deep. Welcome. Welcome to this difficulty. And here we are. I let me let me pave the uh, pave the road a little bit with this statement. I am not arrogant enough to assume that I can clearly, and I don't think any of the guys in this room are arrogant enough to assume that we are going to clearly 100% answer this without, without question, um, or without bringing up other things that you have heard or that you're wrestling with. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I want to really try to focus on is this is what the Bible says. This is how church history has interpreted it according to what I understand. Um, and this is how the spirit has brought it alive in my life. There's my, there's my caveat. It's good. Um, so with that, your, your question is repeated one more time. How does someone know that they're saved or personally, okay. like, how do I know that I'm saved? Good. Uh, I, a couple of things. Scripture wants you to, wants you to have an assurance of that. We were, we were talking about this beforehand, um, trying to sort of wrestle through some verses and stuff. And in second Peter one verse 10, Peter says, therefore, brothers and sisters, be more diligent to confirm your calling and your election. In that verse, there is a, a an assumption that you have been called and that you have been chosen by God that you're His. There is also an assumption that you are doing work to continue to confirm that. Yeah. And so, in your salvation, there are still like things to do. And so, I think just that one thought, that one verse, connects to this question. And we're trying to, to we're trying to get through these sort of rapidly. So maybe you stick with me. If if he if he writes that and he says that there's work in that then we also have to understand that part of your assurance of your salvation is your work. And part of your work toward your salvation um, is uh, a passion that has been given to you by the Holy Spirit to do that. Yeah. Uh, and that that's a pretty important thing when we're looking at, we're looking at scripture or we're looking at how it applies to our life. And so a verse that we mentioned last week, of course, was in Romans chapter eight, when we we're talking about salvation, I brought up the, calling out Abba Father and whose fault it is that that happens. And so one of the things that I look at, if there's evidence for us or how do we know that we're saved, um, we'll go to verse 14 of Romans 8. 
for all those led by God's spirit are God's sons. That, here's an evidence like that. That's a real clear evidence. If you're being led by God's spirit, then you are his, you are his children. You're like, okay, what does that mean then? What is, what does that evidence look like? Verse 15, you do not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may be glorified with him. And so the spirit's working in you. And, and I think two big things for me that are good evidences of salvation or how do I know that I'm saved is one, the spirit is working in you to fight sin. It's a thing that has separated you from God. And hmm. the Spirit's the the summarization of what the Holy Spirit's job is is to make much of Jesus. And and in doing that, he stirs up in you a desire to fight sin so that you can make much of Jesus. And and so if you have a desire within you to battle sin, I would instantly go, child of God. Unbelievers yeah. don't have that. They don't have a desire to fight sin. They they can recognize right and wrong. We have that conviction on us. I think that's a universal thing. But we don't have the desire to fight against it. So that's, that's one like real clear one. That's sort of the, that's the negative from the fruits of the spirit. Cause I think we can make the fruits of the spirit argument mm -hmm. that those should come alive in you too, but you can fake those. Yeah. And, and the Zach said that before the podcast, I'm gonna give him credit for that. We can, we can fake some of those things that are found in the fruit of the spirit. You don't see people faking fighting sin. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So that's the Holy Spirit's fault. The other side of that is that the spirit working in you is giving you this desire to cry out to God and, and by like an intimate name, you're going to call him father. And so you have a desire by the Holy Spirit to fight sin and to pursue him. And so if any of those things are alive in you in small amounts or in unbelievably large amounts, I'm going to go child of God. Like that's how we know that you're saved just because of that. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and I think an important part of that is um, you said you said works and I think there's, there's kind of two ends of the spectrum here. You have works coming out of approval from God and out of salvation that's solely due to him. And out mm -hmm. of that, you want to go out and, and do good deeds for mm -hmm. other people to come to know that intimate love compared to the other side of the spectrum, which I think would challenge. I don't know if you're truly saved is working for that approval um, and, and working for that salvation, mm -hmm. which is not biblical. Um, and we read that. I mean, even Galatians 1.10, right? Where we seek the approval of manner of God. Um, and so... I, I'm going to kind of, <laughs> this is where we're going to get really, really deep here. Um, and a lot of questions I think are going to be asked out of this. And I kind of have a personal story in this. When I was working, working, volunteering <laughs> with Breakaway, um, I was on their media team. And so like, you're always have your eyes open even during like invitation calls or, you know, when the speaker is like, all right, everyone close your eyes and raise your hand for this and that. Um, and I forget who it was. It was probably TA since I was there during whatever semesters those were. Um, was the question of, okay, um, if you, what, what is your confidence level of one day being saved into an eternity, uh, in heaven? Um, and so basically like, what is your confidence of being saved? Um, and he said one through nine, raise your hand. And then he had another response for, if you are 10 out of 10, you think you're going to be saved, raise your hand. And the amount of people sitting in Reed arena, which mostly comprises of people who are consider themselves Christians. Yeah. The amount of people that raise their hand for one through nine, like blew me away. Um, and I think, I don't think we ask these kind of questions enough. So I kind of want to put this out on the podcast and see and what the Lord does with this. But my first question to you guys is, is it okay to have doubts about my salvation? I'm going to, going to say yes. I like, I say that cause I've had doubts and 
I I know where I'm going to end up when I when I pass away, and that's in heaven. And and I say this and almost with a little bit of story. So yesterday, uh, we're sitting there as me and then my two roommates, one my brother and the other one one of my best friends, and I think Bethany's over as well, um, hanging out with Maggie or the puppy that's running around right now. But we're on we're on YouTube and then we're watching some hunting channel. Dude doesn't it like does this like long dramatic story, doesn't shoot it. And so we're like, okay, we need a better video. Well, then all of a sudden Joe Burrow highlights pop up. If you know me, I love Joe Burrow. So we start watching those. Then it Burr. gets me onto the, I'm like, hang on. Let's like, let's watch the A&M LSU game for 2018. And so we turn it on. Like I can remember where I was sitting, remember watching the game. And it was like funny. I'm just not thinking about this, but we're like watching the game. And, and Scotty was like, I know what happens and I'm still nervous. Hmm. And, and what I mean by that is at the, I know exactly the outcome of that game. 74-72, Aggies win. Should have been game of the year. Chiefs and Rams, that was not the game of the year. People lied. Should have been that a game a of the year. Game. I know the exact outcome. I know everything that happens. I know how we get the touchdowns. And still watching those highlights, yeah. I'm like sitting there nervous and I'm doubting like, hang on, did this actually happen? And what I mean by that, and it's actually a really cool depiction is, is I know my end result. I, I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to be in heaven glorifying the Lord when I pass away. Do I have doubts here and there, even though I know that? Yeah, I do. And I, I think a often, and often it's because we have those doubts and it's because our assurance is in the wrong thing. And I, I think these are not wrong things, but I think a lot of times our assurance, what it does, we, we base it off of things that God is like doing in our lives right now. We base it off our spiritual growth. We base it off our relationships, which those are, aren't bad things. Those, can, those things can be evidence of our salvation, but that's not where our assurance is. Our assurance and confidence in who we are and our salvation is found in the truth of God, the truth that God has spoken in the word, not what's going on in our lives right now. It's good. I mean, second Corinthians, uh, yeah, second Corinthians 13, five, test yourselves to see if you're in the faith, examine yourselves or do yourselves or do you yourselves not recognize that Jesus Christ is in you? Um, Paul does this a lot. I mean, even his language in, um, first Timothy six, like I have fought the good fight. Uh, there, all of these are, he uses just a lot of battle language and, and in the midst of, of a lot of these, why would we need, this examining? Why would we need this testing? Why would we need to fight? Uh, his language will always point to you have a sin issue and your sin issue is not going to be taken care of until your glorification, which is part of your salvation, is done, which is in heaven. And so since you have a sin issue, that is going to be one of your doubt issues. Um, and, and in that doubt, your natural response is to hide from God. And, and so the enemy wants you to doubt in your sin. That's, it's the fall. It's what happened with yeah. Adam and Eve. When, when sin entered, we talked about it last week, they ran and hid from God and he still came down and said, where are you? Who told you this? And, and so in that doubt, that's what the enemy wants. If, if you allow your doubt to push you away from God, to go and hide from him, then the enemy's winning. If you allow your doubt to allow you to lean in, to examine, to test, to be strengthened in, then the enemy loses at that point because you're always going to have a sin issue that's going to brew this doubt issue in you. And it's, it's a war. You have to keep fighting it. Yeah. So I guess a follow-up question to maybe even clarify this even more. So y'all think that you can still wrestle with salvation, still have doubts about salvation and still be 10 out of 10 certain that you're going to heaven. Yes. Yeah. I, w I mean, I think it's okay. And even to some degree, somewhat healthy to wrestle. Yeah. Because in that wrestling and in that, I'm not going to call it doubt, uh, but in that wrestling and wanting to know more is you're going to experience God in a, in a new way by seeking a scripture. Again, I, it goes back to 
we're allowed to wrestle sometimes it's okay to have doubt but where does our assurance lie if our assurance is lying in the experiences of our life it's in the wrong spot and that's going to lead to more and more doubt if our assurance is in the the truth that is spoken throughout the gospel in the entire book of the bible that's our assurance is fine but it's okay to wrestle i i have times that i've wrestled we wrestle with questions that don't have to do with salvation that's a that's a good thing you get to learn same thing and in wrestling in and your assurance is you're going to seek that out in scripture. And because of that, you're going to learn more and more about God. Yeah. I think also it's, it's really important where you bring these doubts to mm-hmm. and where you bring the things that you're wrestling with too. Um, I think most importantly, right through, through prayer, bringing them to the father um, and sitting before him and letting him answer those questions that you have. Um, but also it's important the people you surround yourself with that speak life into you and pour wisdom into you because mm. Um, if those people are drifting you away and leading you to, um, like these questions that you have about salvation towards and away from the father, um, I think that's dangerous. And so I think those are two important things that you have to surround yourself with. Most importantly, bringing them to God, um, cause he's the one that has the answers. Cause I think some of these questions, like we just won't have answers till we make it to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, so bring that to him first and foremost, but also, um, those people that you surround yourself with are, are huge as well. Yep. Um, so I think this next question gets tied in with the last one, because I think people uh, that believe when you have doubts, um, it's like terrible. Um, a lot of people ask the question of, can you lose your salvation then? Um, cause I think a lot of people are like, okay, you're wrestling with salvation. Are you even really saved? Um, and so my question to you guys is, can you lose your salvation? No. And we're out. Golly. <laughs> that was good. That was, that was pretty that was good. Really I, good. I did not expect that. I, I want to, I'll start with this. I think <laughs> that was yeah, so good. That was, <laughs> I, was I was like, like <laughs> what is he doing on the soundboard over there? He had me confused for a little bit, but I like it. Bye guys. No, I, I think I want to start with this is, I mean, I'm going to kind of clarify on your question a little bit is you say, can you lose your salvation? I want to define you and, and change it with can a Christian lose their salvation? Yeah. Are we good with that? Yeah. It is. Can a Christian lose their salvation? And what like John says is no. What I mean by this is you have to first define what a Christian is. Uh, a Christian is not someone who has walked down an aisle and, and said a prayer, and now they're a Christian. All right, that can be part of being a Christian, and I'm, I'm not taking away from that. I've, I've been there. I've walked down the aisle and, and so on. But a, a Christian is somebody who is completely and fully trusted in the Lord and devoted themselves to him and therefore possess the Holy Spirit in him. And, and so if we're defining that as a Christian, then no. I agree with John, and now... Uh, I just want to clarify that question because saying you, yeah. you can cover anybody, but is mm-hmm. can a Christian lose their salvation? It depends on what you're referring to as a Christian. Cause I think there's a lot of cultural Christians who have walked down the aisle, said a prayer, done, done, whatever it goes, go to church. And I don't think that necessarily means they're saved. Somebody who's a Christian, somebody who's truly devoted themselves and, and full trust to God. And because of they have the Holy spirit who possesses them. And because of that, they, they want to understand scripture. They want to learn more about the Lord's heart. They want to obey him trust him, lean on him, lean on his commandments and what he says. And so I think the kind of clarifying that question will help moving forward. Yeah. And it's smart to clarify it because I think that the reason that this question is asked, can, can I lose my salvation is that your focus is more on you than on God. And so clarifying even like the definition of I and Christian on that, because when somebody asks me that question, I, I will instantly assume that they have more of an issue with like the sheep that they run around with than with the shepherd, because if they understood the shepherd, 
um, they wouldn't answer. They wouldn't ask that question if if they think they have a clear understanding of who God is, and they still ask that question. Then they there's a there's an issue there's a, for yep. me because John chapter ten is is really really clear on this, and I get to do ministry full time, and I've done it most of my all of my adult life done ministry full time, and I recognize that the um, the word picture of calling Christians sheep is one hundred percent true, and if you're mm-hmm. offended by that then hang out with people more because they will prove to you their stupidity and their sin and their fault. Um, And left alone by ourselves, we will wander off of cliffs. That's just how we are. And so this analogy works really, really well. It's Jesus saying it. So of course it does. But he says, "But, but you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. Verse 27, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. More than that, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the mm. father's hand. And so if you think you can lose your salvation, you have an issue at this point. You don't have a clear understanding with God or you you have an issue with the shepherd. And that that's a challenge for me um, to, to put that out in front of people because you're doubting the sufficiency of God's promises. Yeah, I mean, same thing in Luke 15, talking about the same thing is... And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulder rejoicing. It's not the sheep didn't, the, the shepherd did not jump on the sheep's back and like ride it back. He picks it up, sets it on his shoulder and then carries his back. And so same thing as like John said, and summing it up is if you have an issue with that, it becomes a shepherd issue, not a sheep issue. Yeah. I, I wasn't thinking about this story and T had mentioned this verse at some point, um, even maybe as we're talking about preparation for this, when I was called to the ministry, like when I, when I sensed the Lord was like, you're going to do this vocationally, 16 years old, super summer, Louis Giglio was preaching, which is wild. This was like, this was pre, pre Louis heyday. (laughs) This is like pre cut off sleeve hoodie, cut off hoodie. (laughs) 1997, 1997, Louis Giglio. All right. It's pretty wild. And, uh, and he, he shared this story, um, connecting sheep to the shepherd. And under this idea that when one is lost, the shepherd goes and finds it, picks it up carries it back. If that same sheep does that again, wanders off, the shepherd, when it goes after it the second time, breaks its legs and then carries it until it's healed. And then the sheep never leaves the shepherd's side, like never. And so, so you can easily connect that to doubt. You can easily connect that to wandering away Mm -hmm. from God. Uh, But this is that connection. Like the shepherd analogy is not something that's like, oh, Jesus is kind of like a shepherd. Maybe this works. No, it's designed that way in God's design. And so he goes after those that are his. And sometimes the the calling back is not easy. And a lot of Christians can testify to that, that it's not easy. But he's he's faithful in that. And it's part of this is part of your salvation experience. When when you take we can just keep going back to Romans 8 uh, all day long. If you want a challenge, let's just jump into it together. All the predestined are called, all the called are justified, all the justified are glorified. Like that mm-hmm. language can't be any clearer. Mm-hmm. If if he is, all the predestined are going to be called and all of the called are justified and all of them that are justified will be glorified. There's not a dropout program in Christianity. God God's word doesn't allow it. And so when you think about sheep shepherd analogy and what has been clarified through us throughout scripture, it's hard to wiggle out of that space. But in that, there's a really, really cool promise. And I don't know if we're going to to get that far. I'm going to let you guys speak for a second because I, I think we can bring this full circle on why this isn't a possibility. I think you just go for it, man. I believe in you. Do it. Okay. Um, <laughs> he doesn't the, want to do it. No, it's <laughs> fine. I think it's... It's going to be fun, boys. We just got to find it. And it's 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 1, um, 8 and 9. 
And, and he says, I don't know if I want to go back to verse seven. We'll go, we'll start in verse eight. He will also strengthen you to the end so that you will be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse nine, God is faithful. You were called by him into fellowship with his son, Christ Jesus, our Lord. The very first of that is that he will strengthen you till the end to do this. So he's, he's giving his children strength to the end. How do we have that strength? We've already talked about it a little bit with the salvation thing. That strength comes from above. Yeah. We've been given a, a helper yeah. that Jesus even says is like greater than me. Yeah. Um, and so you have the Holy Spirit who gives you strength. And so what Jesus is saying is that we are going to sustain you until the end, at the end where you will be guiltless before the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's going to be sustained by the faithfulness of God and by the, the strength of the Holy Spirit that has been given to you by the blood of Jesus. And so if you've been called in that calling, you get the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's job is to sustain you all the way through. And so not only do you have a shepherd issue if you can lose your salvation, you are fighting the Holy Spirit if you can lose your salvation. Hmm. And you will not win that battle. Yeah. I, I just, I, that's my, the one thing. And and if if you believe in God's character and that he's faithful and he is a promise keeper, then you read these verses and you go, there's no way that I couldn't. And so I have this, it, it doesn't make you lazy like some people would. It's like, well, then then I just don't have to try. No, the Holy Spirit's going to encourage you to try even harder. Hmm. All the way, because as you do that, you're being renewed. We talk about this transformation. You're being renewed from one glory to another. You're being transformed to look more and more like Jesus. And if you love him, you're going to want to reflect him. You're going to want the lost world to know him. And that's all the Holy Spirit's doing in your life. I mean, that's Philippians 1, 6. I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in you is going to be faithful to complete it. Romans 12. And all of those things just mm. continue to echo. And we can keep playing this game. I think we probably should just of like throwing verses out that go first Corinthians one twenty three. If you are faithful, if you continue to be stable and steadfast, yeah. all of those things continue to echo, but we can do that because of the work of the Holy spirit. Um, that is first uh, Peter one five. You are by God's power, the Holy spirit, you're being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Hmm. All of those things are his fault. And he's the one that sustains our salvation, gives you the strength to seek him in that salvation, to, to work on your sanctification process. It is spirit led. That's really good. Really, really good. Um, and I think I was, I had this thought while you're, while you were talking, I was like, I think that differentiates someone who is going through a dry season with their walk with Christ compared mm -hmm. to someone who quote unquote leaves the faith is if someone has the spirit residing within them, they're going to walk through seasons of their life where they're completely on fire for the Lord. And maybe that happens at a certain space. And I think mm -hmm. summer camps are a big part of that. And, and there's different spaces that do that. Um, but that's a big differentiation between, again, someone who is just walking through a season that's hard, um, but they continue to abide in the Lord compared to someone who just like ditches the idea because it's less convenient nowadays. And so, mm -hmm. um, that's yeah, a, that's good. I was, I was talking about earlier to y'all is like the, I think when people ask this question and of uh, can I lose my salvation is they, I get, I don't know if it's prove or disprove it, but they kind of ask two questions is what about, a, what about Christians who live in a sinful and unrepentant lifestyle? And then the second one being is what about Christians who reject the faith and deny Christ? And so I think this kind of goes back to what you're saying, but first John three, six, no one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him 
or known him. And so, I mean, the, it's very clear right there is anyone who is saved is not going to be stagnant and live an unrepentant lifestyle. And the second one, just very quickly, is what about Christians <laughs> who reject the faith and deny Christ? Is First John 2.19 says, They went out from us, but they were not for us, or not of us, sorry. For if they had been of us, they would have not. They would have continued with us, but they went out that it might become plain that they are all not of us. And so, I mean, anyone, it's pretty clear again, anyone who departs from the faith has never truly been saved. And so I think asking, like, those are two biggest questions I see people ask when they're trying to disprove yeah. this. And it goes back to what you're just saying, especially First John three six. There's no one who abides in Him keeps on sinning. It is yes, there's going to be dry times. Like it happens. There's times after church camp, D now for a lot of youth, uh, retreats for college students, um, yeah. revivals for adults, or retreats for them as well. Whatever it is, is it's easy. And sometimes there are dry seasons. We've gone through them, like in discipleship. Me, Zach, and Saul have talked about it in there. And in this time of discipleship, like there's been there's been some stagnant weeks where it's just rough. And, and but I know that in the end, it is they y'all are abiding in Him, and, and you're not continuing. And, and same with myself, is we're not wanting to keep sinning. It, it, we're trying to abide in Him because of that. We have that conviction, and we're not trying to live that stagnant and unrepentant lifestyle. <laughs> the an interesting sound effect. Yeah, that was not was, on the board, by the way. That yeah, was that was that was all John made that up. He could do that. A baby cry and a weird. Like horn, bicycle horn. Um, we'll pull that out one day. It has <laughs> to be in person because that. that one's just it sounds weird without being able to see it. it sounds legit like a bike. We can horn. make it yeah. like a you can record it and put record it on it one of the yeah. hit a button. There, there's this cheesy thing that's out there that in its it's immense cheese factor. It is true, immense cheese factor. I know you yeah. love cheese. Um, <laughs> top five list where where like if you couldn't do anything to earn it then you can't do anything to lose it that's yeah. it's just mm -hmm. that idea within salvation and and this is a this is a great truth that we need to like we need to grasp and we're not going into like arminianism versus calvinism or whatever any of those mm. right now um but but this verse right here he this is uh, Titus 3:5 he saved us not by the works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy, which I think we all can agree with that, through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Um, and so th that continual regeneration and renewal and washing like the Holy Spirit, that, that's what he does. Um, and so that's just part of your salvation experience as we continue um, to walk with God and to wrestle with God and to live that out. And so there will be, we've already talked about, there's these seasons of of wandering and seasons of doubt and stuff. But if you're being spirit led, then your attention is always going to be turned back mm -hmm. to the Father. Because you, when you believe in Christ, this is kind of an important distinction that we need to grab a hold of. We believe in him for eternal life. That's, I mean, that's John 3, 14, 15, 16, 17. All of those are pointing towards that. Um, our belief is part of that. But belief implies trust, hmm. not complete knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes we need all of the answers in that, but that's not what your belief is wrapped up in. Your belief is in, in trusting. And, and then in trusting, you act. Not the other way around. Yeah. And we don't act and then, you know, trust unless you're wickedly stupid and building a YouTube channel off of it. Um, normally, yeah. normally it's like, I, I have faith that the chair is going to hold me. I believe the chair is going to hold me. And so I sit down. And so that's the, 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 the part of that that we have to grasp is that our, um, our faith isn't the thing that saves. Our faith is the result of our salvation. And we will see, there will be evidences of your salvation in how you continue just to walk, how you continue to live and move and be. 
in this verse, and then I'll, I'll be quiet unless y'all ask another question. Right before Revelation, right before that book, in the book of Jude, it's a good one to study if you want to. There's not chapters in Jude, so you just knock it out. Jude chapter 24. Sorry, I said chapter. it right there. Chapter Jude, 24. Jude, <laughs> 24. Jude verse 24. Now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling yep. and to make you stand in the presence of his glory without blemish and with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time, now, and forever. He, like he summarizes the gospel and salvation at the end of this in such a way. But if you could just hold on to that first part, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and make you stand in the presence. That, that's what he does. He, he sustains. He's a good shepherd. And so your doubts, or can you lose your salvation, you need to be looking at the shepherd in that instead of looking at sheep. Yeah, I, I'll try to make this quick. I don't know if this will be quick or not. But I think, like, and, and we've said it multiple times, is it, it again, it becomes a, a shepherd issue, not a sheep issue. And this is on God. And I just, like, I go to a couple of different points in Scripture. I mean, is even, we've said it before, Second Corinthians 5.17, if anyone isn't in Christ, he is a new creation. And and so with that, we are not we're not improved into like a better version of ourselves. We are made new. We are a new creation. For God to go back on that, he then has to destroy that new creation. First Peter 1, 18 through 19, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. We are redeemed and bought with the Christ. Again, going back, this is nothing we can do, but for that to become basically untrue or revoke, God has to revoke that purchase of the individual. Romans 5, 1, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have been justified, and because of that, we have been called righteous. For us to go back on that and to lose our salvation, God would have to undeclare us as righteous. John 3, 16, John said it a second ago. It's for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Is We are promised eternal life through Christ. For that, for our salvation to be broke, God would then have to, A, redefine eternal, or B, break his promise to us. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14, talking about being sealed with the Holy Spirit, is for us to be marked and sealed with the Holy Spirit as a promise. Again, God would have to go back on that promise. It's not things that we could do. This all comes back to Christ or to God and what he does. It's for us to lose salvation. Again, like we said, it becomes a shepherd issue, not a sheep issue. Is is There's nothing we can do to to lose that. It's all God. And he, I mean, like I said, it's for that to happen. He has to go back on his promise. He has to um, call us not unrighteous. We are not born again. All these things. And these are just a couple examples of this and the fact that it's, it's on God, it's not on us. And, and so in short, like we said earlier, you can't lose your salvation. And I think I, John started, John started flipping somewhere. So it sounds like he's not going to be quiet and he's no, going to talk you, again. You nailed it. I'm done. He's done. Well, I'll, I'll leave us with this. I think one thing that we love saying around here is, is blame God for salvation. And I think we yep. continue to ring that bell um, in regards to questions and things we know about salvation. We continue to put it all on the glory of God. But I think that's everything we have this week. I also want to say, hey, if you have any questions that arose out of this, um, any anything that we didn't cover that you want answers for, um, anything like that, uh, make sure you let us know. And again, this is simply just the, the not even, I guess the tip of the iceberg. And there's, sure. there's a whole iceberg under that thing. So um, yeah, yeah. I, think that's, I think that's everything I got this week. If you're, I was gonna say, if you're, oh, we're starting. If you're struggling with these or you need help, come find us, find a friend, let us know. Ghost Rose 2022 World Series! We can say it again. Ghost Rose.